When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Realmcast. I am the Mortal Kombat fan, Tim, from the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Yanni, the lore master from the Mortal Kombat meme realm. Welcome, Yanni. Hey, thanks. And you may know today's guest from his successful YouTube videos, including his Wasted Potential series, or Potential series. Uh, welcome to the show, Fourth Snake. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're excited to have you on the call today. Pretty excited, yep. Um, <laughs> now, before we get started, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Like, uh, how has Mortal Kombat affected you, and what are some of your favorite characters and uh, games from the Mortal Kombat series? Uh, well, I could just give a, 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 a brief, I, I say brief, when I say brief, it's usually about 20 minutes long. Uh a brief <laughs> history, I suppose, for me in Mortal Kombat. The first one I played was 4 on the PC, because my dad just randomly got it for me when I was about 7 or so. Uh, and I picked Johnny Cage first, because he was a cool guy with sunglasses. I wasn't, I wasn't, quite, I wasn't quite in that teenager, ninjas are so cool phase yet, so if that was the case, I probably would have gone with Sub-Zero. But I picked Johnny Cage, and I didn't think too much of it. Then on the Dreamcast, we got this bundle of 10 games, which included MK Gold, which that was a little better for me at the time. Then I saw Dead Alliance sometime later for about 20 quid so I got that and that was what really got me into the series uh, I don't know if what specifically about it got me into it I think because there was uh, so much more depth to the gameplay compared to 4 with the way the uh, the various uh, fighting styles and stuff like that fighting styles the 3D and everything as well yeah yeah uh, plus all, all the in-depth tutorials and that it's just great and then Deception came out a couple of years later and that one is still my favorite to this day because it just did so much for improving the, the gameplay from deadly lines but also for the setting i mean it, it's, it's one of those things that i think is a real shame about the series now is that in the nether realm era there's basically three realms earth realm outworld and nether realm but you go back to deception and we had six and uh, yeah. there's like the terror that we didn't get to visit but there were six we got to see and there were plenty more that we could have explored but we don't really get that anymore, which is a real shame. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to get into this. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Okay, so uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, basically the current plot of the Mortal Kombat games, as well as some of the retcons and inconsistencies, which came from the current, uh, I guess we call it the reboot era. Age. Yeah, <laughs> the reboot era. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll also kind of dive into some of the leaks that have been coming out this past uh, couple weeks, too. So, first of all, uh, for Snake, you have you seen Mortal Kombat Scorpion Revenge? Uh, I know it just got released today, but uh, I've not. No, uh, a lot of people ask my opinions on it because that's just going to happen. I, I, I have such strong opinions on the whole franchise, so anything new that comes out, people are going to go, "What's your opinion on this uh, movie or on this casting news or these leaks?" 
uh, but I've not seen it. I do plan to watch it, obviously, and I, I hope because I've heard some good things about it. So I hope it is going to be the MK story we deserve. So I do have my reservations. If you're still a big Johnny Cage fan, I, I don't know if you'll completely love the way they treated him. But but oh no, <laughs> I, I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> not spoiling it. <laughs> um, what are some of your expectations from this upcoming movie? I mean, from the uh, the Scorpion's Revenge movie. Uh, a lot of focus on Scorpion. Uh, probably too much uh, compared to what you know compared to what he is in the actual story I mean it's not hard to figure out oh there's going to be a lot of focus on Scorpion his, his name's in the title obviously right but uh, it's kind of like actually what they were planning to do with uh, MK Rebirth did you guys see that yes yeah yeah yeah, because that, that was going to be some underground tournament with no connection to Outworld, so what was the point? But it was going to have Scorpion as <laughs> the main character, so it's almost like a revival of that. That that went on to be uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy anyway, right? It was just a sort of reimagining of uh, everything. Or are you talking about something different? Uh, to, an ex- to, 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 to an extent, uh, it, it, that did lead into Legacy, but Legacy didn't do the same story. It was just stylistically the same. Yeah, with same director. Just, yeah, cast members. Yeah, but I, mean, I, didn't even, I didn't even watch the second season of that, but I know Ooh. that did a tournament. I, I recommend it, by the way. I mean, it's it's not everything you'd want from a Mortal Kombat series, but it was still pretty cool to have, you know? They brought Kiri yeah, Tagawa and, into it, so that's always a plus anytime. And Dan Southworth is Kenshi. I, Virgil himself is Kenshi. That's pretty inspired <laughs> casting. Yeah. Uh, but then I've also heard that Liu Kang's got, gone on a bit of a, a Jin Kazuma edge fest with his, his hoodie and his... Yeah, it's oh. an interesting sort of take uh, on Liu Kang and Kung Lao. It's sort of swapped their roles in a way, but uh, yeah, no, de- like, definitely check it out, man. I think you, you'd have a good time with it. And it's it's Mortal Kombat content, uh-huh. you know? I mean, I've been considering uh, re-reviewing the first season as well because, well, the original version, that was like 2012. Yeah, a while back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost a decade at this point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil too much about Scorpion's Revenge. I do think it was enjoyable myself. So I agree. I, I think you're really going to like it. <laughs> Unlike the, uh, the the live-action one, that, that sounds like a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> I about that a bit last week, too. It's, it's all over the place right now. No, you know, like it looks like it's going to work out in some ways and then in others who are just wondering where the direction is or if there is any <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, but with how things have been going, uh, it's not into production yet, has it? It's, it's done. Um, they're yeah. editing it now. Yeah, they're editing. Yeah, they've, they've even moved up the release. Well, uh, now because of COVID-19, I don't know, but they, they did have the... Uh, it's March next year, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure what it is currently because they've been switching that date around. But, I mean, all yeah. we can do is hope for the best, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I was hoping for was that they hadn't ended production yet at all, so then they would have time to reconsider some of these <laughs> uh, questionable decisions, like Jax is apparently an assassin. What? I didn't hear about yeah, this. I've been uh, misquoting it a bit, but the actor playing Jax uh, in the movie, he said something along those lines that Jax had uh, been fighting monsters for so long, like, like bad people, so he's kind of become that, and I think he's described as an assassin. I'm losing confidence. Of, um, when the, the Dead or Alive movie was made, and Christy, the the contract assassin, was a thief instead. Interesting. Why would you do? Why? This? <laughs> I'm hoping the the comment that Jack's actor made is more of a fighting, uh, you know, metaphorical monsters and not 
literal yeah. yes. creatures. <laughs> we'll see. But the thing is that that question, why, is asked about so many decisions lately, even just not with just the movie, but with Mortal Kombat as a whole. I'm we can, we can totally get into it right now with Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> why? <laughs> Let's go into the plot a little bit. I suppose the first uh, question is for anybody who's not been watching your videos. Could you tell us very briefly what you thought as a whole of Mortal Kombat 11's plot? Kind of a train wreck. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things because this so much wrong with it a lot of it is more personal and opinion based but then it's just things that I just I feel are more objective like I do not understand what Kronika's plan is exactly she wants to revive Shinnok but her power but she's if she rewinds time her powers don't work on the gods so how would Shinnok be revived from being just a head if her powers won't work on him I asked the same question myself and what I sort of gathered from my understanding was that Kronika had sort of manipulated events in such a way where it would all progress to the same point it would in Mortal Kombat 11, right? So, yes, what you're saying is true. How would she have power over the gods if they're alive and everything? But the thing is, the way she's done everything already would mean that it would get to that specific point. The only point she'd been having issues with was actually Liu Kang versus Raiden, and then that point onwards. Which, which is another problem she causes for herself, because those two, she wants to pit them against each other so that they won't work against her together and she's done quite a good job of, of that with the whole Revenant thing and Dark Raiden so they're already going to war with each other they're, they're ready to kill each other but then she does the whole time merger thing bringing good versions of them who are working together into the <laughs> present yeah so if, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's one of those cases where if the villain had not it's, 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 it's a weird comparison to make but are you familiar with the plot of Highlander 2 the no. quickening yeah in, in essence basically with the immortals in that uh, when there are two of them on the same planet or, or something along those lines they have their immortality but when there's only one of them they don't and so after Connor uh, good old Christopher Lambert from the MK movie Raiden after he won in the first film he's the only one left on Earth but he's actually an alien you see because that was a weird twist they felt needed to happen mm. and so <laughs> the villain Michael Ironside comes from their home planet to Earth to kill, to kill Connor but Connor was growing old and dying because he's not immortal anymore so when that guy comes to earth and, and pisses him off he's now made sure this guy is immortal and given him a reason to fight him if he just stayed on his own planet Connor would have died in a few <laughs> years and Chronic has done the same thing if she just let the two fight she would have won yeah, it's an apt comparison, actually. <laughs> and it, I think you also kind of just described why so many people hate the second Highlander movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, why does she pit Raiden and Liu Kang against each other when, I mean, they're already doing so, and actually what she's doing is bringing them together. That's completely unnecessary. It's a very good point. And I think I think I can see now what, why Ed was uh, talking about Kronika. She's our first female final boss because that's the only thing that you can positive you can possibly say about her because the plan makes no sense she's boring she's not got an interesting fighting style she she and, and she's also part of this horrendous retcon that there have been dozens of other timelines that we just never saw yeah that's the, the whole timeline thing was a big issue for me because it was unnecessary and it's sort of like netherrealm trying to bring in stuff that happens for dc into the mortal Kombat universe yeah and they're all it's not they're also trying to make chronicus 
seem like she is this huge mastermind, like this, this sandwich of threat she is. She's been interfering in things we didn't even know happened in the first place. But the problem is, because her plan never works out, she always has to reset the timeline. It makes her look so incompetent because her plan, no matter how many times she tries, she never succeeds. <laughs> but then, then, then we see what then we see what, what she did with the time merger. It's easy to see why she never succeeds. She's <laughs> well, I, I think the way that they, they tried to have that look was that they were making it in such a way where Kronika has been building up this whole plan all for eons, basically, right? Like, that's probably the direction they were trying to do. Now, I do agree with you. Yeah. They didn't go about that properly. And b by the way, for the record, for anybody listening, I'm trying to sort of look at things from NetherRealm's perspective as well, <laughs> okay? So he, I can... He's the devil's advocate. <laughs> but it's, it is very difficult Kronika's when it advocate. comes to... Kronika's advocate, yes. <laughs> but I do disagree with something you said about... Um, Kronika's, uh, well, lack of being interesting, I guess, lack of any interesting attributes. I think I've always found sort of time manipulation to be a very cool thing. And I thought that that was probably the coolest thing that she had going for her. Problem was the execution. That's where I agree we with you. We also have Garrus, which has his own time manipulation. Which I thought was well, a sort honestly, of ripoff. He's I, I he's a ripoff of Kronika and Tremor. Sorry, Fourth Snake, you were saying? I, I think I think if you cut Kronika and had Garrus as the main villain, the game would be a lot more interesting because he makes better use of the powers. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the time. Although there is still the issue that these characters can freeze people in time and never take advantage of that. Of yes, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna taunt Raiden and then kidnap Liu Kang, which she could have done when Garrus froze him and Kung Lao when they were stealing the waters back in like chapter three. Yeah, I was wondering the exact same thing and why didn't he just kill Kung Lao at the same time that's, that's one of the things you could say well it's because they do that that the future versions will also die but the future versions are undead so it, it might not work that way with them true yeah see my, my biggest so issue is that they have apparently all these separate timelines now I if they kill one person their past self, it would kill the future self uh, with that logic. But the problem is NetherRealm have indicated that there are multiple timelines. So if that is the case, killing the past self shouldn't make a difference because they shouldn't actually relate to one another as they're from different timelines. Uh, well, they're from different points in the same timeline because there's different definitions of timeline. Some people say timeline is just a point in time, whereas others will say the order of events. I think that's part, partly why there's so, so much uh, uh, misinterpretation and misunderstanding of what's actually going on in the game and it's, it's so unclear because of that particular word. Because they opened themselves up to this by choosing to go with this whole time aspect. And by the way, I, lo I love the fact that you just played Devil's Advocate with me for Netherrealm. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yes, Phantom, sorry? My biggest question with this... Uh in relation to the Elder Gods, how does Cetrion kind of fit into all of this? Oh, don't hit me. <laughs> um, my impression from Mortal Kombat 11 was that she was an Elder God and then she stepped down to compete. Am I, was I understanding that correctly through this game's uh, story? Well, no, I think she's just still... She's still an Elder Goddess. Elder God. I mean, that, that's kind of why every time she has a fight, the other character has to have some kind of power-up added to justify it, because with Shinnok, he's a fallen Elder God. He's been stripped of a lot of his power, but Cetrion is theoretically still at full power of an Elder God, which we've never actually seen before. And that's one of the things that makes her so disappointing, because that would be interesting <clears throat> to see, and that's why uh, Jackie or Jax needs uh, the, the crown to power them up. Mm. And then you've got Liu Kang and Raiden combining their powers... So there's always 
an, ex an explanation for why she loses uh, in that way, but they don't do much with her. And then right at the end, they decide, let's give her a bit of a character arc. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to doubt my mother, but I'm going to go along with it anyway and die. I'm going to support this entire character arc. Also, she changes the appearance at the end and it's not really explained. <laughs> I mean, you, just, you can't fight crime if you don't looking cute, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Well, this actually opens up a question that I did want to ask you. Your opinion on, well, the new characters themselves, uh, the playable characters, so Garrus, Cetrion, and, and the Collector. In terms of moveset or story? I suppose both. Uh, no, okay, let's, let's go with story. The Collector is a really odd one. This can be the focus of, of uh, an upcoming Wasted Potential, um, which will basically be about putting a different character in his place because Collector is such an oddity because this story is the end of this timeline. So any new character should be immediately relevant to this plot. So Kronika, Garrus, and Cetrion, they're all connected, they're part of the main villain force. But Collector is just part of Shao Kahn's entourage mm. and doesn't really contribute anything to the story. Like you, you could easily just give his role to anybody else, like Scarlet. Her present ver version doesn't exist. She's probably dead, but you could just have her still be around and she could explain it. And then there's really nothing else that Collector contributes. I feel like it would have made more it would have made more sense, I think, if he was the master of the crypt. Well, I went into this a bit in Mortal Kombat Chronicles, the fan fiction series I write. Mm -hmm. My concept for him in the crypt is that Shang Tsung's been dead for 30 years. It's clear he's not coming back. So when this guy shows up, Collector's like, okay, you can just take whatever you want, but in return, you will listen to my master's story. And that's where we'd learn a bunch more lore about past tournaments and stuff that's a pretty interesting take actually i like it i feel like his concept kind of had that type of aesthetic going towards it you know he was going around taking items and things like that whenever he was first introduced i kind of expected to see him more in that kind of role in the uh in like not the main game but uh, things like the crypt the crypt yeah yeah that's true uh, i mean i i see where you're coming from with all that uh, although I do think that as a character himself, I think he's the best of the newcomers in that he seems the most Mortal Kombat of the three, or technically four with Kronika, but he seems to fit the bill the most, right? He's this brutal, yeah, like character of a different species, like a very interesting inclusion. And I have to admit also the way that they did include him as being Chao Kahn's <laughs> tax guy, basically. <laughs> but uh, it was it was still a good way to, to handle it, you know. I, I although I do agree that probably Scarlet would have fit a bit better fit better into that role. And I say that as Scarlet being one of my favorite characters. I think that Collector was definitely underutilized in the story. I mean, he pr pretty much showed up what once technically, technically uh, twice, I suppose. Yeah, the the, the Tarkatan camp. Yeah, but there's not really much right. development with him is there so what was the no. point it seems like it was just to bring in some new character just for the sake of having a new character which is a shame yeah, I, I feel like he, i feel like he would have been better saved for dlc or f or for the next game rather than being in part because all the characters are on the base roster are going to be in the story mode and so they need to, they need to have characters who can contribute to the narrative in some way i think and he kind of doesn't doesn't yeah i do agree well his yeah. inclusion has actually upset a lot of fans because uh he got included at the arena stage of mortal kombat 9 uh, him and aaron black both and they're quite a few characters there that fans wanted to see in Mortal Kombat 11 that haven't made the cuts. Who would have made more sense to bring in from that time. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Even if they've just been in the cutscenes and not playable, it, obviously that's, that's not going to go over too well with a lot of fans, but I feel like they should have at least been there. Yes. And Melina just bopping around in the background sometimes. Yeah, like 
why is Shao Kahn mentioning Melina being dead when <laughs> yeah, oh, Cetrion, uh, sorry, uh, Kronika could have brought her back? <laughs> it all, doesn't make sense. All of, all of a sudden, we're establishing that Khan genuinely viewed Melina as his daughter, not just as a tool. But then she's not in the game to actually do anything with that. Yeah, it's it's like that d- development finally got there. And then, oh, wait, no, we can't take it anywhere. Well, what do you think of uh, Garrus then? Kind of like his design to some extent. Uh, it doesn't really fit Mortal Kombat. I think the whole Kronika thing always feels a little out of place. Mm. Although uh, although there is kind of an issue that he he's just um, there to, to work for Kronika and do and nothing else. He has kind of no purpose of his own, which is kind of indicative of a lot of the characters in the series and the way it's been written, where the characters are mostly just the faction with one or two personality quirks. They don't really have goals of their own anymore. Yes. I think Garrus and Kronika could have been the same character and they could have used Frost or somebody as a henchman. I mean, because they introduced characters like Frost and said they were working for Kronika now. Like, why not? Go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Garrus's death was an amazing part of the story, (laughs) but I I think he was a wasted character. (laughs) There are two things he needed to have been given to be quite memorable. One is that he needs to have won some fights because the idea is that he gets stronger every time he's defeated but he never wins he just never gets strong <laughs> but that's the thing he was never strong he's still getting stronger guys <laughs> uh, another thing is uh, they should have given him Kronika's fatality yes because his his fatalities don't make use of the time powers I think if you took his facial blow and Kronika's fatality and made them his fatalities it'd be way cooler than I'm going to punch you into a wall and then and then going to pull your, your flesh off from your fingertips yeah I mean while it was cool it didn't oh. really fit oh i'm going to punch you a few times and then hit you so hard in the back of your head your face will fly off <laughs> uh, it is mortal Kombat. <laughs> i am a huge tremor fan so i was just gonna say <laughs> yeah i was a little disappointed because i really wanted tremor to come back but i was excited to play garris he had that additional skill set in him with the time capabilities it's but that honestly, whole drake thing it, isn't so. it the drake meme with like looking away from garris and then pointing at tremor right <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, the two are so similar. You could very easily have made it that that Garrus is Tremor, just augmented by Kronika. So yeah, exactly. Powers. Just take Tremor and make give him Garrus's role. Garrus was not needed. This is where I go into what I think of Garrus. So basically, I agree with you. you uh, he doesn't fit as a Mortal Kombat character, but I am a lot more against his character just because of the fact that yes okay he his idea is the sands of time that's pretty cool that's a very cool way to take mm-hmm. things but he's literally a ripoff of both Kronika and Tremor and Tremor was a character that fans had been asking for for years like literally the only thing good thing to come out of special forces apart from technically Tasia maybe you know but yeah MK fans latch onto the weirdest things <laughs> <laughs> I mean come on a ninja with earth powers I think that's pretty cool I don't, I don't blame everyone I was one of them, I have to say. <laughs> We're going to get Hydro in Mortal Kombat 12. <laughs> I was expecting him this time. I really was because of the, the cyber stage, the cyber Linque assembly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or him or Chrome. <laughs> yeah, Chrome would have been cool, actually. But Ed Boon did uh, deconfirm him pretty early on. The problem with yeah. bringing in Hydro is that he's a ninja with water powers. Rain. Wanting rain. <laughs> I, rain, by the way, is my favorite so character. If Hydro, people would say... <laughs> Yeah, but what about Rain? Yeah, I probably would have been one of those guys. Time to come back. Rain's time was MKX. They totally ignored him for no reason, despite being in the story, and they didn't capitalize on that. That was the perfect moment for him to come in, especially considering he featured so heavily into the story. I can definitely see your point with Hydro. Although at this point, Hydro is such is one of those characters like. 
well, Tremor basically, and Scarlet even, who fans have been asking for something like him for a while. So I think he would have been pretty accepted, actually. Also, with uh, with including Terminator in the series, it would have made a lot of sense to have thrown Chrome in there and give him a T-1000 skin. That would have been uh, way better. I'm surprised they didn't do that. <laughs> well, well, if the leaks of the alleged leaks of Striker possibly come in, and uh. give him the T-1000 costume. Uh. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be worth seeing if, if he is going to be in there giving him a t1000 costume i i would like to see that i'm praying that striker doesn't make it in right now as you guys discuss this <laughs> it certainly makes more sense it just makes more sense to have the police character with the costume of the police character from the terminator in the game that terminator is in than it does to have jackie as ellen ripley in the game that doesn't have alien yep I agree. Or just Jackie, full stop. <coughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. You're not even wrong. <laughs> Literally the worst Mortal Kombat character of all time. I back you up, Suhao. You deserved the spot over her. It should have been Jin. Kung Jin should have come back instead of Jackie, and then we could have had him share a chapter with Kung Lao. Or Takeda. Whether it's going to, part because this is going to be nothing in a waste of potential. All the stuff is going to be in waste of potential. Um, is I feel like Jax and Jackie had not much reason to be here, and I think MK11 should have been because it's the end of this era. They should have been more focusing on bringing an end to existing plot lines rather than trying to create new ones for characters that don't have them. And Jin never got his fight with Lau. He yes. never got any resolution on that plot point. So if he had shared the Shaolin Monks chapter with Lau, and then at the end you choose which of the two is going to fight the Revenant Lau, will it be Lau's past self, uh, putting putting a stop to his, his future evil self, or will it be Jin finally getting that confrontation with him? That would have been so much more interesting than Jackie, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie, yeah. No, I completely agree. And I, I actually really didn't like Kung Jin's character purely because of how they handled him in MKX. But unlike Jackie, he could have been redeemed. And I was shocked that they didn't bring him back, to be honest. Uh, the fact, like Jax himself, honestly, I, I like Jax, I do, but he was unnecessary in MK11. His role could have gone to almost any other character, like Reptile, for example. Why did why would Kronika not have gone to Reptile and said, I can bring back Zatera if you follow me? You know, something along those lines. But Jax and Jackie, that whole plotline was completely unnecessary, and I feel that it's just purely because NetherRealm are trying to appeal to, well, the sort of military American fan base. I was all for Jackie getting a sort of, not reboot, but like completely being revamped. But the problem was the direction they took her in, well, this just turned into a Jackie hating episode again, but <laughs> the, the, the direction they took her in was just to try and make her commercial and tough, which doesn't make her likable. So on one on one hand, it's a shame we didn't get Kunjin back, but on the other, it's good because maybe they just would have ruined Kunjin even further. Could have been given to Jax. Like, why? Because Jax hasn't really changed much since MK2. So yeah. why not give Jax the cannons on his arms and let Jackie have kickboxing as her style or something like that? Or just cease to exist like her ending, which is the best ending in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Purely for that reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can see where Yanni stands on Jackie. <laughs> All right, so why don't we jump into some of the red cons and inconsistencies Ooh. we've seen? I mean, there's so many. <laughs> well, well, one important thing I did want to mention, which does relate to the red cons, is the actual sudden existence of the Titans and how that red cons the one being. There are a lot of changes to the pantheon, like Raiden's. No, the lesser gods don't exist anymore. Raiden is a demigod. Hmm. 
which makes but no sense to Ta me. Taven, Dagon, and Rain are demigods. So are they on the same level as Raiden now? Exactly. That doesn't make any. That makes no sense because Argus is a lesser god as well. He's on Raiden's level. So how can his sons also be on the same level? It's a very weird change. I remember seeing Mortal Kombat's official page say that Raiden was a demigod, and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Doesn't that kind of go back and undo everything, even from the original three Mortal Kombat's, if, if he's now a demigod instead of a elder god? Yeah, because he could have just taken part in all the tournaments from the, from the get-go. But yeah. it, the, the most worrying part about this retcon with the titans and then demigods and etc. means that the whole, well, the, the order of the deities has changed so much that the one being now doesn't matter, which actually means that technically... The entire plot of Mortal Kombat has changed completely? Yeah. Because why would Shao Kahn suddenly point. be trying... Like, the whole point is that Shao Kahn was being driven to this sort of by the one being. The same thing with Onaga, or at least that was the, the sort of rumor behind it. But now, with no actual intention... And that was kind of what the threat of Armageddon ultimately was, that yeah. the realms would collapse and, and then... Uh, the essence would all reconvene into the one being and this is it's the reason why de deception was such a problem because Onag was the first person to be in a position where he could genuinely have merged the realms except Zatera no one mentions the fact that Zatera is still separate <laughs> Zatera is just one of those poor plot points that could have been so much more they, ha they have an entire world of vampire people and they do nothing with it exactly like Viternus Zatera why have we not gotten anything elaborated? Why have we not seen Chaos Realm on Order Realm return? I'm tired of the Nether Realm. Tired of Outworld, even, even Adenia. You know, no, they get there uh, every once in a while. They get to uh, make a brief cameo. So, <laughs> oh yes, because that, that's, <laughs> that's enough. Cameo in an in an ending or a comic or a combat card background. Ah, <laughs> Serena. <laughs> I'm never changing my combat card icon now that she's on it. <laughs> 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 I can't Speak imagine what, what change they'll make to her if they put in 11. That, see, that's the thing. On one hand, I would love Serena. Like, if Serena came back to MK11, I would probably shut up about criticizing it for a long time. And by a long time, I mean a month. But, <laughs> but I'm kind of scared to see what they would do to her. I feel the same with Melina because she's my favorite character because of the way I've been looking at her in more recent years, mm. how much potential she has. And then I look at it and think, with the way they've... The weird directions they've gone with, with elements of Shao Kahn and Kitana, and especially Sindel. I mean, you know how I feel about Sindel. Yes. <laughs> I, I, um, I worry what they would do with Melina. Speaking of all these uh, characters that <laughs> from other realms, did you guys know that Nitara is going to be in the live-action movie? Yes. I heard the they, they mentioned that. She's in the animated one. Because I've seen a screenshot of her in the animated one. But she's in the live-action yeah, one too? Yeah, they've mentioned yeah, that she's, she's going to be in it. As well as a few other 3D era characters, apparently. So, Fourth Snake, um, along the lines of retcons, I mean, your um, Sindel videos have become quite popular. That's actually, I think, how I first discovered you is when you started producing those. And I think oh, it's because nice. fans resonate so well and they're so upset with the Sindel retcons. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just so, it's so egregious. I had a problem with the the way they changed Sindel's story in 2011, where her death was mm. this more heroic thing. 
but she's a completely different character now. It's not Sindel. And that's that's the thing. Is some a lot of people will say, who who cares? It doesn't matter. But it does matter because how are you supposed to get invested in a setting in a story when anything you like about it can just change on a whim? I've heard one of the defenses too for Sindel's change <clears throat> and and her ending especially is that she is still uh, basically under the the mind control spell that she was when she was first resurrected and that's kind of where her character's at uh, in Mortal Kombat 11 so even though her ending is her going back and changing years of Mortal Kombat history it's still her point of view I, I would be inclined to say it's a possibility if not for the fact that this is the end of this timeline so that plot point's obviously not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. and in her ending it's not undone she doesn't see the truth I mean imagine if in MK3 her ending was she just kills everyone she's she's the, the powerful ruler and it never it's never mentioned that she's under mind control it, it'd be weird yeah and I, I don't remember which YouTuber it was it was either History Behind the Warrior or Brusque Poet but one of them mentioned that this is the Sindel that new fans are going to know as Sindel. And they're not going to understand who Sindel used to be. Um, I think it might have actually been Forsnake that had made that reference. I think a few people have made that point because yeah. it's it's so obvious to to a bunch of us, I guess. Some people just don't see it that way. But true, this, this is likely to be the way Sindel is betrayed going forward. And we don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the direction they were taking her in, because I, I think that Mortal Kombat 11 NetherRealm Studios is all about making the characters as, well, shallow as possible to give them just one sort of attribute that they roll with the entire time. So Sub-Zero is just ice puns and being calm. Uh, Scorpion is just being angry and wanting vengeance. Uh, Cassie being, well sassy you know so sindel is this whole kind of yas queen bitch basically and that seems to be what they want people to remember her as yeah basically i mean shao khan has that where he used to be a schemer and now he's just a big dumb brute who needs brute. everyone else to make his plans for him uh you have uh, sonia as like tough military woman it's a shame it really Sorry. is because it's it's taking it's sucking the depth out of the characters that we've come to love and yeah, as a that's, result that's, ruining that's, the series it's not just it's not just that, the, that you have a character who is a bit bland it's i mean this is, this is kind of my issue with mk as it is now is that it was better it has been better it, it, it can be better but it's not no again like in deception we had six realms and now we have three it's just making everything so much less simpler it's making it simple that's what it is so yeah, much more again, marketable yes is yeah, a no, keyword <laughs> And going back to another point I made, the fact that the characters are largely just the faction with one or two personality traits. Like, Kenshi, in the original timeline, was a lone wolf. He helped out the special forces so they could get him to Outworld. That was all he cared about because he wanted to kill Shang Tsung. Now he's just, I'm going to help the special forces, sure. I mean, didn't he even have rapport on with, uh, we're going with um, Sub-Zero in the previous timeline and now suddenly it's all Scorpion? Yeah, uh, because, uh, because Sub-Zero saved him. So it was... Yeah again more of a, a, a self-serving thing and then in his bio in Armageddon he's like Johnny Cage has brought everyone together to fight the forces of evil I'm going to lead the forces of good because I'm this lone wolf guy and now he's got no personality just there to be a dad to Takeda and it's a shame I, I mean know. speaking of the whole clan thing Takeda <laughs> uh, like look at Cabal Cabal is literally just Black, da- Black Dragon right now and Greed 
I, I had fun uh, in a voice chat at one point with some people on my Discord going through the words used to describe each of those characters and discussing how wrong some of them are. <laughs> That's not Cabal. It's not. It's just like Sindel. It's Sindel and Cabal are not those characters anymore. No, I, I argue Aaron Black as well, although in his case, it's less noticeable because he's still a villain. Yes. Do you guys remember when um, Cabal's fatalities were first showing up online? And this is something that they've changed since then. But uh, when he <laughs> when, when the first batch came out, he would uh, have this really like menacing smile anytime he did his fatalities. And then but if he did it on any female characters, he would look sorrowful and like regretful that he had to do that type of fatality. When when they'd first uh, shown off the fatalities, they actually had him smiling for both. Once the game actually released, they changed it so that when he was doing the fatality to women only, he wouldn't smile. Just just for the men. That's interesting. And they've never they haven't changed it back since as far as I know. Well, it's a small yeah. thing, but it gives him some personality. It does, yeah, I mean, but the problem is not that it's his personality, because it doesn't make sense with the rest of his personality, but more so that I think no. they're just trying to be PC. I mean, I mean it, it, surely if, if there was one character going off who I was portrayed in Eleven that he would be smiling at, like that with, it's a woman, Sonya. Yeah. She's the one who she's the one who burned me, so I'm going to enjoy this. But now, but now he, he has more of a problem killing, say killing her than he does with like Kano his friend as far as he knows yeah it makes it it makes no sense and that's the biggest problem I would have no issue if there was a reason for it but there isn't one if you look back on like even in any of the old media old any of the old Mortal Kombat media like Defenders of the Realm and things like that Cabal was always very much a good guy he was on the the good guy team <laughs> now he is 100% a villain and it, it was always they always used to have these characters that had these looks like they were villains but they were actually good guys and it was really cool to play as them uh, almost in the same way that you kind of relate to anti-heroes and you like those kind of characters that's all gone now that was such a, one that's of the most beautiful things about mortal kombat that the the characters who looked a certain way would actually be something different it's like when uh when 16-bit was talking about how sindel now looks like how she's supposed to because she looked like she was this evil character blah blah blah. but now sindel doesn't actually look like what they've said because now she just seems like she is actually she looks nicer now whereas she used to look evil and was good but now it's the opposite way around so that's extremely inconsistent Uh, i mean it completely contradicts what they're trying to go for apparently sometimes i think pr people just have to come up with something on the spots and it doesn't go over well (laughs) but that that's that's the worst part if they know that there's going to be such a huge change to this well fan favorite honestly sindel is technically a fan favorite i um yeah but if there's going to be such a huge change make sure you get the story right absolutely but uh, cabal too i mean cabal's changes also completely mess up everything that happened in 2011 because we're still on that same timeline but if cabal was a bad guy when did he die to become a revenant Exactly. Was he still with the Was he still with the heroes? Was he undercover? Why would they trust him? Was he with Sindel uh, as part of that raid and just died to someone else's hand? We get no explanation because they make these changes for the most frivolous reasons and don't think through the implications of what they're changing. 
I miss the 3D era. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole, even the Revenants thing. The Revenants, in my opinion, has been a plotline that has been taken way too far unnecessarily. Now, if we look back at the previous timeline, you could say the Revenants actually came up not in the same time that they did in the reboot era, which is now with Shinnok and Quan Chi, but they actually came up with Onaga. And that made a lot of sense because it was with the Dragon Army. <clears throat> but why start this Revenant thing in Mortal Kombat 9, literally 2011, nine years ago now, and take it, take it so long into the future without actually capitalizing on it until now, and even then, when you finally do do it, everything is just inconsistent. It doesn't fit. They should, had... have either ended it, they should have ended it with MKX and had it that Shinnok's defeated, everyone's been restored or killed for good, either way, the Revenants are done. Or they should have gone with what was clearly being set up by X for MK11's plot, that the Revenants are the new big threat alongside Raiden. Which leads me to the question I wanted to ask you. <laughs> what did you think of Liu and Kitana going from being these revenants with no actual agency to suddenly becoming the leaders and then completely getting ruined with Kronika's inclusion? Uh, well, I suppose it makes sense. I mean, if you've got the revenants and the, the leadership is done and they're all still corrupted and evil, it makes sense that they would take over because like Liu Kang is uh, the most powerful he's the best fighter he makes sense being the leader and of course he still has his feelings for Katana so you keep her around so that's not really a problem for me uh, I think it makes sense the problem starts in my opinion I, I was very happy with them being the leader by the way I agree with you the problem that for me is that Kronika coming in sort of changes everything and takes so it's, it's like how we got Dark Raiden finally and then only for him to get whisked away in the second chapter yeah that's how I feel about Liu Kang and Katana going from leaders to just becoming Kronika's lackeys uh, uh, and Katana in particular is a lackey who will stand alongside the man who <laughs> annexed her realm killed her father uh, led her mother to her death she'll just stand alongside Shao Kahn, no problem why she <laughs> still hate him exactly if anything that hate should burn brighter or darker technically but you, you know what I mean <laughs> like, like even if it was just she attacks him and then Kronika or Garrus like freezes her to step in and say no you're going to work with Shao Kahn or be destroyed and then she begrudgingly continues on that would fix a lot of it but it's the fact that it's not even brought up the actual character of Katana is not acknowledged because the Revenant Katana is not a character she is just a generic obstacle that literally anybody else could take exactly and that's the biggest problem with the Revenants I don't think they handled them properly at all and even then the Revenants themselves create further inconsistencies because now we have Revenants apparently being the same as Scorpion and Noob Saibot when there was actually a fine line between the two in the previous uh, timeline. I think that's partly down to the fact that all these undead are being sourced back to Quan Chi now. Whereas the only one that was possibly tied to him originally was Noob because Brotherhood of Shadow. Whereas Scorpion had no real ties to Quan Chi. Uh, Sindel kind of did through some MK Mythologies revelations uh, with, with uh, the manual and such. But uh, that was it. Yeah, oh, but I still do think that even Scorpion was tied to Quan Chi through the uh, fact that he was actually 
revived in the nether realm with this whole vengeance thing and it's Quan Chi basically masterminding this whole thing once again right so I, I still do see the ties but yeah I do get where you're coming from I'm actually considering making a video about how Quan Chi was kind of an incompetent fool in the original timeline haha <laughs> 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 yes yeah, yeah, Scorpion man fueled by vengeance particularly in this case the murder of his family and clan twas I who murdered your family and clan <laughs> ha ha back that, to hell with you the Mortal Kombat 4 ending always gets me <laughs> oh. well okay those leaks that we mentioned earlier where do you think uh, Netherrealm are going with those what do you think is accurate uh, what do you hope to see I would say it's, it's fairly likely that Shiva probably will make it in because they have the model for her so there's no reason not to include her plus she is a fan favourite people want to see her back It'd be weird if we don't get the cyborgs as well, in some form, whether it's Triborg or Sector and Cyrax as separate. Because they have the movesets, they have the base movesets there, and they're among the only characters in the game who don't have red blood. Mm. It'd be weird if they kept in the black blood for them, but then didn't actually do anything with that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at that, because I agree with you that it would be a waste to not use the models, but... At the same time, Netherrealm have kind of given us evidence of this being the case with MKX, where they ignored yeah. Rain, Serena, although Rain was more actually playable. But you, you get like like Shiva. Rain, uh, sorry, um, Serena was like Shiva. Why was Serena not brought in, for example, when, for the record, she's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite characters. But why was she not brought in when all the fans were pretty much asking for her at the time? It's the same thing with Shiva, although Shiva has been on those leaks anyway. It's one of the things that makes it unpredictable about Netherrealm around because you look at something and say well this is logical for them to do this i mean why would they put so much effort into this thing if they weren't going to use it but that's just how netherrealm Netherrealm is yeah (laughs) i think i think there is probably a higher chance of them making it in than what you could normally expect because this game is supposedly going to be supported for longer whereas netherrealm's normal approach is support it for a year and move on yes that is the case so what i'm worried about is that they're just gonna say that and then move on I'm, i'm sure that all those other characters probably would have made the dlc of mkx had it gone on for another year or two but they're moving on to injustice 2 so they can't really do that mm. which is just bizarre because I, I don't think any other fighting series does that the rest of them will, will support the game for multiple seasons of dlc exactly and i mean it's more money so why not go with it I've never understood that approach at all. I think part of the reason why MK is so different from a lot of the fighting games is kind of the Western mindset because most of the fighters are Japanese. I mean, it's not, it's not, you can't really say this is definitely what it is because um, Killer Instinct was, was Western developed and that works more like a Japanese one. But I think Warner Bros. It probably has something to do with it. Yeah, it's, it's the whole mindset behind it the different like the different approach basically that they're taking but i do i I do hope that they actually follow through on their promise to support this game longer than their other titles because with all my problems of mk11 i would still like to see it supported i would like to see mortal kombat continue i'm a mortal kombat fan right so more mortal kombat is always good for me i'd also like the character selection screen to uh, you know add someone down next to cetrion so she's not just on her own just for no reason (laughs) apparently we're supposed to have what was it 60 62 characters in total by the end of this apparently if we get a third combat pack and I can see that happening my my biggest issue with that would most likely just be the fact that we're probably going to get a ton of guests <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I'm not a fan of and MK is a weird one because of the nature of, of how violent it is it's 
simultaneously good and bad as far as the guest characters go because it's bad because it means that a lot of characters that you might want to see aren't going to make it in like you're not you're not going to get batman in there you're not going to get all these other characters even ones like they review hayabusa from ninja gaiden a very violent game but are the owners of that character going to want to see him get torn apart Probably but at the same not. time because of how violent they are some characters can be represented far better in MK than elsewhere like Spawn and Kratos have both been in Soul Calibur as well and their representations in MK I feel are, are far better than they were in Soul Calibur because those games aren't as violent but here they can really embrace that violent aspect of the characters I'm not a big fan of the guest characters at all however I was very impressed with Kratos for example and, and definitely Spawn for sure it does feel like a lot, a lot of the time uh, Netherrealm has a lot more passion and love for <laughs> guests than they do for their own characters yes that's that's something that i've been saying and i actually think that it's due to i mean this is just my own claim of course but i think that the writers for mk11 were not actually mk fans i think that the writers were just people that they brought on and they basically their content was some of the previous games look at the movie like pander to the movie nostalgics and like go with that flow so the whole crypt it's the movie right like you've even got the dining hall everything uh with kano kano yeah table exactly i mean um, everything points towards that and it's it's a shame because they definitely do give more love to those guest characters and you'd want to see them giving love to the mk characters that's why we're here we're mk fans i say there's definitely some truth to the idea that the writers aren't mk fans because i mean we have we have uh, sean kittleson who came in from the mkx comic and if you go if you go back to that first issue the way scorpion's backstory is portrayed is totally different from the games because it's based on legacy yes it, the, the, the names were different for his uh, wife and son weren't they yeah and, and yeah and scorpion lives to see his wife and son dead before he is killed himself which wasn't the case in the games he died first in fact it's partly because he died that they, that they were then killed exactly and that, that and that's one of the things i have an issue with with um, scorpion's revenge that at least going off the trailers that seems to be the way it's portrayed here and again it, it's more dramatic but that's not accurate to the games and then so it seems like that Kittleson watched Legacy as research rather than <laughs> you know reading up on the games and I don't blame him entirely for it because there should have been someone at Netherrealm looking over his scripts and making corrections yes especially if it was supposed least, to tie in with MKX the actual game at the very least someone should have said uh, we will, we'll have changed the names of Scorpion's wife and son I mean, that'd be the simplest thing to change. Even if the whole comic had been drawn and coloured and inked and everything, this, they could have changed that at least. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not canon Jubei, it's Harumi and Satoshi. And, and that's the thing that happens with Injustice as well, that there's so many contradictions between the comic and the games. It's like, why make the content Scarecrow. if you're not going to follow it? Yeah, Scarecrow dies right at the start of uh, the comic, and then he's just in Injustice 2 with no explanation. Inconsistencies. <laughs> it's, it's a shame, it really is, because they take well, away from what could be great yeah where they have been and why they weren't around oh here we are we've got those in now because of the comic but what about scarecrow why not explain that like why make time material if it's not if it's basically not canon exactly and uh, why would you expect fans to follow it and pick it up if you're not actually going to follow through with it why would fans pick them up why would fans read them there's no yeah, point to them the, the, the injustice comic exists to explain what happened in that five-year gap but with these contradictions it doesn't it, <laughs> it doesn't really i mean events similar to it probably played out but 
I'm not here to read an alternate version of events that is similar to what happened. I'm here to read the actual events. Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the added content. I really do. I always want to, to read more or see more or play more. But it's not that difficult to stay consistent with your own writing. You could plan things out in advance. But getting back to the leak, sorry. Have, have you seen the latest leak? Don't think I have. Okay, there's a mention of an... Well, you know how it's always three three letters, right? Which uh, sort of says which character it's going to be. So, oh, the, the Rob one. Rob, yeah. What is your opinion on that? Yeah. Who do you think it is? And keep I in could, mind, I this could... leak came from a uh, a data dumper. So that's ah. for for especially for those listening, it's not necessarily that this information has been released is this that people have kind of been going through source code and these are some of the stuff that they found one of them being the three letters rob and there is some credit to stuff like that the original leak from the the switch files yeah the entire game was leaked oh yeah that the full uh, all the combat pack characters completely accurate uh, most of the intros were were still in the game some got tweaked like a couple of sindels were altered but by and large it was all there it was yeah. completely accurate so there is there's some validity to it when it comes to netherrealm games if i see a a proper data mine leak, I believe it. So who do you think ROB is? I think, I think the, the two that everyone suspects is, is, is either Rob for the cyborgs or Robocop. And Robocop would, would make sense, um, but, but but you do run into the issue that he's, a, he's kind of a slow, tough robot man, and that's it. It's the same way that the same reason that I don't think uh, Michael Myers would be all that great a fit because he's basically just Jason again. Uh, but at least there is it's a different character in a different game whereas here Robocop and Terminator while it would be fun to see them fight in Mortal Kombat they would probably play a bit too similarly if you're going to put them both in the same game yeah and even going on yeah. from that further like you, you've mentioned Michael Myers being similar to Jason a lot of Terminator's actual moves are pretty much Jason's just slightly altered <laughs> so we, technically we if we had all of them <laughs> we had somebody in the Mortal Kombat group uh try to tell us that ROB stood for Rambo. So there's an, a little extra. <laughs> How? Uh, because just, it's spelled the same, right? <laughs> Think about these leaks. People just see a couple letters and, and they just run with it and they'll make it into whatever they want. And then you'll see a post on Reddit and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in seeing if Rambo works out <laughs> Guys, Rob clearly stands for Robert De Niro. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really hoping it's not Robin. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's not oh. Robin. I I loved Robin in Injustice. Yeah, me too. I I love I love Robin, but I don't want him in Mortal Kombat. Thank you. <laughs> the ROB for for Saxon Sector makes the most sense for me, just because those two characters, the the, the models are already there. Um, we've already had modders go in and play with those two characters. But we had that in MKX with Rain. You could play Rain in MKX if you uh, modded it. Yeah, very true. But the other problem is that they've said no repeat DLC. Well, in essence, Ed just said Rain was less likely for MKX because he'd been DLC in the past. He didn't say absolutely not, just less likely. And the fact that we're another, we're another game removed from that. I mean, remember, these two games released almost a decade apart, so... They know the demand. There's an upcoming um, combat league uh, season themed around rain, where, everyone, where the characters are getting purple color schemes. So I wouldn't rule him out entirely. But though I have heard that there was another member of the dev team during MKX's um, initial run who said that, but no one's been able to source it. So I don't know how valid that is. I 
I wanted to say that NetherRealm have never specifically stated there is no actual re no repeat DLC. Now, that is something that has been going around on all forums, YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, and then everybody always says, well, they've said it, they've said it, and they actually haven't. There was one person who hinted at it, one of the NetherRealm workers, employees, um, Danish Said, I think his name is. I'm pretty sure he is the guy who said they would not be doing more uh, repeat DLC. He is also the guy who specifically said that the team are all Rain fans. So I'm curious to see how far they take this apparent no repeat DLC rule when they're not even actually following their own rules such as no NPCs, which was specifically stated. We're all, all of us at NetherRealm are really big fans of Rain, which is why we've made an arbitrary rule to stop ourselves from putting him in the game. <laughs> so it's a shame. But yeah, sorry. Besides Rob, um, what were the other three, or what were the other characters that were leaked? Besides Fujin. Yeah, uh, Fujin was part of the original Switch leak as well. Like some of his, his intros that revealed that he's a, a big fan of Johnny Cage movies. <laughs> but Fuj might actually stand for Rambo. <laughs> true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Fujin does make it into Mortal Kombat 11, uh, like, to me, that would be really redeem redeeming, uh, kind of throwing back, bringing back a lot of those 3D era fans, because he was pretty great in the old games, in my opinion. I loved Fujin. I thought he was amazing. I was hoping that they would get rid of Raiden at some point to bring in Fujin to replace him. Yeah, that, that was the idea of... Uh clearly after mk4 but then they didn't and then i remember reading somewhere i don't remember where but supposedly that was why raiden dies in deception's intro because they were going to bring fujin in but then for whatever reason they backed out and put in dark raiden instead but it's, it's clear that i mean the whole uh, success of the next generation thing was has been in, in the plans close since mk4 when we got kai and fujin in the, in the roster but then they did nothing with it as always seems to be the case <laughs> that, that's another future wasted potential <laughs> getting lots of hints for your channel in this episode it's great <laughs> you, want, you want a hint for the channel uh, in, this year in May I will be doing Mortal May 2 because uh, Mortal May 1 went over well and uh, actually really since I did number 1 I was thinking that's, I'm just going to do number 2 as well why not alright so a lot to look forward to then yeah really in fact that the uh, the Fujin and Kai wasted potential is on the list so you're going to get that in May all right. I'm, I always like to hear more about Fujin. I'm, I myself, I'm not a big fan of Kai, admittedly, um, but I do like Fujin a lot, and it's nice to see that he's probably going to be making it back. Although I am really hoping for havoc. Fuj clearly sounds for future John, as in John Connor from Terminator. <laughs> 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 that seems likely, but I still think Rambo makes more. <laughs> now, S T Y or S T R. That that is the other. That is the third character release or leak, isn't it? A lot of people talk about Striker, so I guess it probably was S T R. Oh God, I really hope it's not Striker. We have way too many soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. so sick of it. Bring back the Oriental martial arts. What has happened, MK? <laughs> Why do we have so many guns? That was one of the things that was interest, interesting about MKX was because it's doing the next generation thing like Tekken and Soul Calibur or Street Fighter even, but it did it in a completely different way where the successor characters don't just completely replace the originals. The originals get to stick around and actually interact with them in the story, but we don't get much of it. We don't. We get like two scenes with uh, Kenshi and his son. Jackson and Jackie interact only once over the radio. 
so they didn't even do it particularly well. And then the next game comes along, and it's clear that this, this was a mistake because the roster is completely full up of characters who are too similar, and a lot of other characters don't get to come back. That That's my biggest issue with the roster in MK11. The roster would... Technically, I think the roster is sort of a, an, an improvement from MKX outside of the DLC. Now, the biggest problem is that they've brought back all of these characters. If you're going to create Jackie, if you're going to create Cassie, why are their parents still in the game? Either have them replace them or get rid of one or two of them in some way. There's no point in having all these characters who are very similar. It's, it's, part, part of the issue is... I think there's kind, of, there's kind of a conflict of interest where they want to do some new things, uh, but at the same time, they feel constrained by nostalgia. Because uh, we haven't had a, an MK game without the full MK1 playable roster since DCU, which only lacked Johnny Cage. We keep having all the same characters over and over again. Jax and Katana, they keep making it back in. We have all these characters from MK1 and 2 constantly. It's a shame as well, because it really stops them from being able to bring in all the other loved characters from different games who haven't had such a chance. I think the only characters who should be, uh, well, in the game, regardless of whatever other choices they make, should be Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They are the poster boys. It makes sense. Even Raiden should be able to be dropped. Even Liu Kang, in my opinion. I just feel like they're holding themselves back. It's an interesting question to ask with pretty much any fighting series. Are there any characters that absolutely have to be in every game? Because it does limit you quite a bit. I mean, you look at something like Street Fighter 3, it was probably a mistake to cut everybody except for, like, two guys. But it had so many new characters, and a lot of those characters are well-liked. So yeah. you never know how many cool new characters we theoretically could have gotten in MK had we just stopped having so many returning characters. Exactly. And but don't get me wrong, I, 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 I love having a lot of a lot of returning characters. It's, it's good to see a lot, a lot of old faces, uh, especially if, if it's a character who hasn't been around for, for a while or a character who maybe people don't like too much, like Mavado or Su Hao, who could be given uh, a second chance to do something different. Like Stryker was eventually able to get over with the fans, and that took him over a decade, but it happened eventually. <laughs> but in the modern era, that probably wouldn't even happen because they'd be too worried to give Stryker another chance because we have to have Jackson Sonya instead. And it's such a shame because Jackson and Sonya have pretty much taken Stryker's role completely. There is literally no point, in my opinion, for Stryker anymore. Netherrealm won't really give a chance to certain characters who do deserve that chance. Like, as you said, Su Hao could, could get completely revamped. Uh, Mavado could really do well as the, bringing back the Red Dragon and everything. Stryker, I don't see a point to him anymore, purely because of the fact that Sonya has, well, really taken his character, you know? So... Well, which is kind of funny because because originally Curtis Stryker was going to be an MK1 before being turned into Sonya Blade. So <laughs> Come full circle. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, I think it says a lot to how the series has gone that 
if you really think about it, the only character who really plays like Striker is Eren Black, because they're the only ones who actually have guns in the in gameplay. Like Sony has them in intros and in cutscenes, but in gameplay she doesn't. And yet they still feel like this amorphous grey mass of the soldier character. Even though they do play dis uh, fairly distinctly, it doesn't feel like they do. We agree on the fact that Netherrealm's uh, sort of approach has most definitely changed in how uh, they're taking, like, the direction of Mortal Kombat. And one huge thing that I've seen with that is that they seem to be focusing a lot less on the lore and more on the actual fighting game community. So they're going competitive. What do you think of that? Well, that's the thing. Cause I made uh, a joke about this on, on uh, Twitter back when... Uh, it didn't make the evil lineup, I think. Yes. Which, which I found hilarious. I made a comment about how, about how you know, you try to appease the, uh, the the FGC guys and see how that works out for you. Have it. But, <laughs> but then there were a few people who, who were giving me stick for it, saying that, that they're actually going more casual, which I can kind of also see. Yeah, so it's, I don't, I don't it's really a sort of weird double approach. It's like they're trying to be more competitive, but also appeal to the casual audience rather than MK fans. I mean, there's definitely some validity to the um, the casual casualization of it. I mean, the fact that you just get a super yes. when, when you get to a certain amount of health and, and, the, and the fact that there's no penalty for, for missing it, you just keep trying. And like, the fact that the, the, the gauges just keep building constantly, that feels very much like it's made for people who don't normally play fighting games. Because even though I'm not really into the competitive scene, I can definitely see why the old approach, in theory, is a lot better, where there's risk versus reward. You have to earn this, these opportunities and there's always do you, do I use some of my bar for enhancing a super or, or do I save it for it if I'm in a tight spot and need to, to be defensive or do I just save it all up and do a super to take, do a bunch of damage but now all of that thinking is gone it's just um, the gauge will be back up I'll have a pip in a couple of seconds I'll just use a, uh, that move then and then I'll have, still have a pip for my defense because they're doing separate things now and then I'll get a super when I get down to a certain amount of health so there's definitely some truth to the casualization of the whole thing but they are definitely focusing a lot more on the gameplay than the story as you said like they are taking it to a, a very well they're, they're making it a lot more casual friendly in terms of the gameplay that is true i feel like they're trying to hit this sort of balance between the two of appealing to the fighting game community but also being able to bring in the casual fans and it firstly it's not helped them in terms of the tournaments uh, the tournament scene obviously with their no. exclusion from evo <laughs> which i do yeah. also find hilarious because I think that they have left the actual Mortal Kombat fans in the dust. And it's a shame. And you can see that from just yeah. purely from the fact that they've removed the character bio screens. We don't even have that anymore. Yeah. The last time we didn't have one was Armageddon. That was because there was like so many of them. Characters. Totally understandable. But now, I mean, we, we had an amazing one in, MK, uh, in MKX. It's not difficult to implement. That's the, the, the weird thing. I mean, didn't Injustice 2 have it where you had the, the bio, like you, it's a button you press while customizing the character or something? At least with Armageddon, you can say, well, they didn't exist. Whereas with MK11, the bios do exist. They have written them. They're just on the website. They're on the website, exactly. It's some Destiny tier storytelling here. <laughs>
It's a very weird approach, and it's a shame, in my opinion, because I am obviously an MK fan because of the lore. Uh, well, or at least that's a huge part of it for me. So, I mean, I, I wish that they had taken the approach they'd gone with in MK9, where you could look at the characters in the crypt. That would have been perfect, especially with the whole battle damage uh, toggle. That was pretty cool. I saw another weird thing where, where, despite how violent the fatalities get, a lot of the battle damage stuff have been almost entirely gone now it's just oh I've got a bit of blood splashed on me now maybe a couple of bruises whereas look at some of the older games like yeah it was a bit extreme for like massive chunks of flesh (laughs) but MK's always been over the top yeah it's what we expect it's the same thing with the designs in my opinion I mean, this kind of ties into why cause I was listening to the first episode of, the, of this show, and you're talking about the, the the animated movie using the MKX designs, and I think that's that, that's kind of this weird uh, state because the 2011 designs for a lot of the women were questionable, very true to MK, but is, is it, a lot of them were a bit much, like with uh, Sonia, for example. Uh, then you go to MK11 and they've kind of gone a bit too far in the opposite direction where Katana is wearing a skin tight outfit but there's like no outline for her ass yes and and, and where is it why is she in a skin tight bodysuit how does this fit Katana but it's weird because they had a good middle ground in MKX Uh, yeah I think that MKX was a very good middle ground actually MKX has a lot of problems like there's no denying that like like the colour palette was really drab and some of the designs weren't great and there, there are a lot of characters you'd, you'd want to see that weren't there or all these other issues but in terms of the actual character designs and stuff and probably even in terms of the, the gameplay and um, the general approach uh, and attitude towards the game I think X was done better than its predecessor or successor I myself preferred MK9 as a whole uh, other than I guess I suppose the, the gameplay now I definitely agree that the the actual outfits and designs in MKX made more sense than MK9's however However, one of the things that I mentioned is that Mortal Kombat for me has always been over the top. So MK9 made a lot of sense to me. It's like, you know, in uh, in Deception, Melina's uh, alternate outfit and stuff, you know, things like that. They all made sense to me. And it, just because it's MK, I don't expect people in real life to be able to fight as they would normally in high heels. But it's MK. MKX had a good balance. MK11 took it way too far. Because part of the thing is that obviously the, the, the main inspirations for, for MK was stuff like Big Trouble in Little China, uh, superhero comics from the 90s. And so you can see where that influence uh, impacts a lot of the, the designs uh, with some of the characters and just generally the way a lot of the characters look. I mean, everyone has basically the same build. Yes, exactly. Pretty much all, all the guys, there's the odd outlier like Bo Rai Cho, but most of the guys are these big muscle men. The women are like Amazons, basically. Obviously, you want to see a bit more uh, variety than that. You want Definitely. to see some characters who are a bit more. Bit more like Sony should be more conservative and, and serious. She shouldn't be. It shouldn't be able to see her thong, for example. <laughs> um, I feel like it was a staple of the game for a while, to be honest. <laughs> but I definitely agree with you. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, though, where. Whether you like it or not, that is a part of MK's identity. It's always been a part of what the series is and what makes it different from a lot of other fighting games. And if you take that away, it becomes less interesting. You see that a lot with the story, actually, the fact that there's so much focus on the special forces. It's just all these soldier mans. I, w- I, want, to, I want to see all, all the, the monks. Yeah, They're taking one thing way too far, and it's a shame because we're losing the variety that MK always had. 
Why? And uh, as you said, why don't we get more people like Bo Rai Cho? Bring back Bo Rai Cho. We need that sexy body back in the series. <laughs> Every time I think of Bo Rai Cho and MKX, I just remember the big belly flop. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I have a theory as, as to partly why the characters are so similarly built is because of the damage models. Because mm. especially with how it is now, like you cut the character open and like Bo Rai Cho's would have to be different. Because I noticed this with, um, I forget which finisher it was, but it's one that reduces the characters down to like where there's no skin. And I was looking at Devora in MK11 and I thought, okay, out of curiosity, what are her feet like? Mm. She has those those new bug feet in MK11. And I thought, well, when she's stripped down to just um, her muscles, is it still going to look like that? Or will it be normal human ones? It's normal human ones. Uh, I Jackson, see, yeah. Jackson's robot arms. They're fully robotic in this timeline. Still got flesh inside. Flesh, exactly. Uh, Frost. Frost. Frost is a cyborg. All that's left is her head. Nope. Yeah, human inside. Even even though we see her cybernetic spine in, in one of her intros, uh, if you rip her head off, it's a human spine. It's a human spine, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the battle damage makes a lot of sense. That's probably the reason why yeah. they went with that. I, I think that the fact that the, how much detail they put into this stuff now is, is detrimental, not just because of the, all the claims of how it gave a lot of the developers PTSD to do research for the, the looks of it, but also because it does limit a lot of these things. Like, you, you can't have as much variety. I mean, I think a lot of people want Liu Kang to be a lot leaner, more like Bruce Lee, a bit more wiry, rather than this big muscle man. But you can't really do that because that would require different damage models. And then Borai Cho uh, can't really be here because of stuff like that. And I'm sure if the cyborgs make it in our Robocop, they're going to be human and side as well unless you just reuse what they've done for Terminator probably would be the case to be honest with Netherrealm and MK11 <laughs> although speaking of uh, like the battle damage and everything what is your favorite I, a finisher in uh, as a whole in all of Mortal Kombat Ooh, I think uh, Scorpion's one with his spear in MK11 the, he's definitely up there the one where he splits them in two goes through the portal goes under them and everything yeah, it, it makes good use of his powers, which is something I think a lot of fatalities fail at. And, and some of them are a bit too goofy, like when he, he blasts through you in, on fire and now you just, like, just... just a spine <laughs> yeah in that one section or I'm going to burn a hole right through the, through the middle of their spine but they'll still be able to stand up even though there's a chunk of the spine missing <laughs> <laughs> in typical Mortal Kombat fashion and, and the heart drops down like a, like, like a Looney Tunes cartoon <laughs> it, it, it can be a bit goofy no I feel you I get you Although that is a very nice fatality. I did love that one when I saw it. So, great choice. I was also quite fond of the one he had in 2011, even though that was another over-the-top silly one where he slices them at the, at the torso and the neck and then kicks the torso out and slices the head in half. It was cool, but I still I didn't feel like it was specifically Scorpion, you no. know what I mean? Not like to the same extent yeah. as the kunai, as you just mentioned. It's one of those things where some characters, they just do weird things like that don't really fit the character in terms of their abilities. Also, the fact that a lot of the fatalities are just completely overblown when the characters aren't violent psychopaths, like Johnny and Sonya, who should be a bit more efficient in killing people. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you. <laughs> All right, well, um, so uh, where... Where can our uh, listeners uh, find you? Uh, well, uh, a lot of places. It's uh, <laughs> YouTube, the, the Fourth Snake. There's uh, on Twitter at Fourth Snake because someone else took at the Fourth Snake before I got onto Twitter, and they don't use Ooh. it. They don't use the account. 
one of those egg, egg icon ones with no tweets. <laughs> mm. I had the same issue with Mortal Kombat memes, so I feel you. <laughs> uh, also on DeviantArt at the fourth, as the fourth snake, um, which were, I post a lot of uh, pictures and stories. I, I always put the scripts from the videos on there as well. Your Mortal Kombat uh, Chronicles series as well as on there, right? Yeah. For people who aren't familiar, MK Chronicles is basically me taking my ideas for how MK could be improved with its story, like um, say on the Wasted Potential one uh, where I did the Kung Lao stuff, saying how you can amalgamate different versions of Kung Lao into one character that's really interesting. That existed as a story before I did that, so that's the kind of stuff I'm doing there. I'm approaching number 50 at this point. I'm on about 43 or so chapters I've done, and they're set all across the MK timeline, so and there's plenty of different characters, like Melina's got a bunch of chapters because she's just so fun to write. There's stuff like that. I highly recommend checking checking it out because it's a lot of fun to read. I haven't read all of it myself. It's been a while, but it's really interesting to see uh, your approach to... Uh, well, the different characters and all the like, the different ways the story could have evolved. So, I highly recommend that any listeners check that out. Thank you. All right. Um, well, you can find uh, myself on Mortal Kombat Meme Realm on Facebook, uh, as well as uh, find Phantom and and I on uh, the Mortal Kombat group. Thank you very much for Snake. It's been great uh, having you on. It's it's been it's gone on a lot longer than we expected. And that's I think because we were just enjoying this one so much. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys have me, I'd be I'd be glad to come back. We'd we'd love to have you back another time, and I, we, I, we can. I think there's a lot about MK we could talk about. Oh, definitely. I I'm sure we'll find some topics that we can suggest to you, and we can have you back on another time for sure. And it'll be sometime soon, I'm sure as well. But uh, we'll we'll be doing this uh, bi-weekly, as always. See if you can figure out who's going to be the next guest on the show, and uh, we'll be discussing uh, topics such as Mortal Kombat 11's actual gameplay as well as the new Mortal Kombat uh, animated movie, Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, Scorpion's Revenge. So thank you all for joining and listening with us. 